going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is the Big Stupid Podcast. I'm Kevin. And I'm John. And ladies and gentlemen, today we have a very special episode. Oh, very special episode? A very special episode. Oh my, what makes it so special, Kevin? Today, you chose it, ladies and gentlemen. Today, we are reviewing Major League. Major League, yes, yes. let's go. And we let's have, go. We have once again invited our little friend, Lil, Lil Rob Nargy. Little Rob. Thank you. First off, I love that the best explanation for me is little. And second, <laughs> that's it. That's the only introduction I get. Is well, how about little... we go? How about we go, Big Bob? Big Bob. Sure. Because like Bob, it. Bob. It's it's a it's it's. All, I, I never knew. Like I always called him by his last name because you never knew what his name was really. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's always like Rob, Bob, Bobby. So, yeah. so you're gonna, was, you're, gonna his, his... you're gonna give me. Big Bob, so I sound like a failed fast food restaurant restaurant chain. Okay, all right. So little Rob, How about little Red. <laughs> you know, Nargi's fine. I don't know why we had to jump ship from a winning formula. <laughs> I don't know. Or, or or you have that hat on. Is it little gray? I don't understand. Oh oh oh! oh, oh. How did the snowball? Was it little bald? Because it's always going to snowball out of control. Of course. You know that. Of course it's it always is. I don't even <laughs> Don't even ask. Because that's just what we do. That's so what once again, this about. is the Big Super Podcast. John and I are just two Jet Xers trying to have some fun and hiding from our wives in the basement. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what we do. Oh. So, ladies and gentlemen, we had a little bit of like a Sweet 16 tournament. Loved it. Uh, Loved uh, it. Of film. <laughs> and it got it got really good uh traction, man. Like like everybody was everybody was voting and, and like people were arguing and angry. <laughs> like, and and things happened that I wasn't expecting to happen. Like certain movies got kicked out, and I'm like, whoa, what's yeah. going on? Why is this movie kicked out? And and how did, how are we not talking about Shawshank Redemption right now? Thinking, like, how are we not talking about Andy Dufresne world, coming out, world, swimming what through world a world do we of live shit? In? <laughs> what world do we live in in which coming and, to America beats out Shawshank Redemption? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. It, it's, it's, a, it's a movie where part two came out last month. That's basically what happened. You know, that's basically See, what happened. Here's something weird. Coming to America beats out Shawshank. And then Major League beats out coming to America. But does Major League beat Shawshank? That's a deep, that's, that's, that's some deep it's, shit right there, man. It, it's just the way the cards <laughs> fell, man. I, I think it's just the way the cards fell. It was, it was just like anything could happen. I mean, look, it's just like, like any other tournament, man. You know, someone hit a three at the wrong time, man, and, and the well, team loses. Well, one could make the argument that after this discussion, we could answer that question, Gavin. Boom. <laughs> You're welcome. Get a mop. We're cleaning up brains right now. And, and what's, the, what's the line? The sun shines on even a dog's ass. <laughs> All right. So um, Narji is going to start us off. 
um, taking us through the film. And we're, you know, we're going to go off on a tangent. We're going to talk about, you know, what we like about the film, what we don't like about the film, you know, lot, lots of different aspects of it. And uh, I'm going to be doing a lot of impressions. <laughs> shocking, shocking, everybody. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Norris. Take it away. So the, the first thing that needs to be said is there's two aspects to this movie that, you know, needs to have a little bit of a backstory, which is um, this movie came out in the 80s, which one can make an argument that says that the, the 80s was the starting point for sports movies. You know, if Rocky was the movie that, you know, was the, was the starting point, if you look at the 80s, you know, you had Chariots of Fire, then you had Raging Bull then you had the natural and it was really focused around baseball movies. Yeah. So uh, the interesting thing was that this movie was at the prime plus of the fad towards the end of the eighties and baseball movies started to come to like really arise towards the end. And it all started with a movie. My, one of my absolute personal, actually it is my all time favorite sports movie, which is bull Durham. Oh. And it came brilliant movie. And it was written by um, a minor leaguer, Ron Shelton, and he did it in 1988. And basically, it's a genius movie because it goes through the, the story of minor league baseball. And it was a hit. It introduced um, Kevin Costner, Susan Sarandon, Tim Robbins, and it got nominated for Oscar for Best Original. And it was basically a game changer. So what they tried to do was turn around and mimic what it was. So they went out and they got a guy by the name of David S. Ward who also wrote and direct uh, episode name dropper, one of John's all-time favorite movies, The Program. There you go. I listen. I watch your show. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> come on, guys. And uh, so they wanted to do it. So this was kind of on the hot train. So, you know, to give the backstory is that this was a movie that came out after Bull Durham, but it came out the same year as another small baseball movie that most of you have heard of called field of dreams so this was kind of like again the baseball swing of things so they got david s ward to try to mimic what bull durham was doing at that time and he went out and now this is the second part of getting a quality cast of everything that was in there so he because if you think about it this was a movie that introduced us to renee uh, russo who was basically playing the wife, you know, the, the, the failed girlfriend that you know is basically going to come back at the end. And um, Dennis, um, right? <laughs> Dennis uh, Hasberg, you know, all state. And uh, it introduced us to Wesley Snipes, who, if you know anything about 90s action movies, you know Wesley Snipes. <laughs> this was the movie that actually Wesley Snipes was. And the funny side note about Wesley Snipes is, is that uh, he did not, he was not an athlete. If you ever watch the movie again, they never show him throwing a baseball because David Ward said he was the worst guy on the team throwing baseballs. So that's why they made him into stealing bases. I digress. But anyway, um, but he went out and he got three quality actors at the time. One of them being Corbin Burnson. And I know you guys look at that and go, how? L.A. Law. Thank you. He was in L.A. Law, which was a big show at the time. And he then went and got two relatively on the rise actors tom berenger who was coming off of his oscar nomination for platoon and so was charlie sheen so was charlie sheen (laughs) charlie sheen was actually coming off of wall street so Uh he was not he was not really known as being a comedic actor neither was tom berenger so they took this on another route so he he came out and he really wanted to do something 
that was very like, you know, kind of no names, but with some quality actors. So he did establish an all-star cast. And the thing that's very impressive about the movie, I, before we go into the whole thing, I love Major League for a number of reasons. But um, the interesting thing is he wanted to get guys that could actually look like baseball players because actors cannot act athletic. So he really wanted to get guys that actually were, that you were like, I believe that guy can play catcher. I can believe that guy could be in the field. But the, the, the where, and this is one of the biggest problems with the movies, and this is where you guys could give your two cents, is the movie was mismarketed if you ever go back and watch the trailer. Because also in the 80s, Kevin, you are probably well aware of this, is this was also the, the um, screwball comedy time. Yeah. Where it was like Revenge of the Nerds, wet t-shirts, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We're all throwing water balloons at each other kind of thing. So if you really take a look at the marketing that they did on the movie... It was all like, oh, well, this is just guys fucking women and playing baseball. And it's a laugh out loud when it's actually a really good dramedy. Yeah. <laughs> if you break down the serious parts, because they've got really good parts in this movie that are like that. So the mismarketing. But the thing was, is that the movie and at the time had an obscene amount of gross, which was 11 million. They had 11 million dollars to make it and it grossed, I think, 49.5 million in the box office, which at the time in the, in the 80s, that's like that was legit money. That was yeah. like, I don't know what it, I mean, I failed uh, basic math, so I don't really know, <laughs> but I know it was a lot. So I guess the question that you guys got to ask is what do you guys remember when you first major league first crossed your plate? No pun intended. So I remember the, um, the first time I heard about major league, my sister went and saw it first. All right. And she Wait, came your, home. Your sister, Jane, my, my sister, Jane. Oh, cool! Oh, the one I, the one I kissed. Yes, yes. Apparently, that is the one you have kissed. Uh, yeah, Why do we, we have to throw we, that one in there? <laughs> no, we, we, no, it's just, it's, it's, it just happens. But here, here's the so, thing. Once again, you you throw this word "apparently" around every time. There's no apparently about it. It is an absolute. It happened. What most people don't realize is as Kevin was just saying that, John was finishing up a beer as <laughs> Kevin was talking about kissing his sister. Anyway, John, you were saying so, all right. So so anyway, she went she went and saw the movie. She comes home and said, That was the stupidest movie, the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, Well, fucking, how bad could it have been? And I remember there was like a hype because we were in like eighth grade, I think, when it came out. If I, if I'm correct, seventh or eighth grade. Yeah. All in, right. So we're, in, so we're so we're going back because I'm younger. <laughs> yeah, you're a lot younger. Yeah, yeah. So shut up. Let me let me finish. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um. All right. So so she comes home and said it was the worst movie she'd ever seen. She must have been a sophomore in uh, high school. I'm in eighth grade, so I'm like, I gotta see this movie. I went and saw this movie. I went and saw it with Chester. Right. Remember yeah. Chester? Yeah, I remember. I went and saw it with Chester, and I saw. I was like, "This movie is fucking awesome!" Like, like, how did she think this movie sucked? And and from what you were saying before, all right, you were saying how like at the time this movie was create like like made, it was the whole screwball comedy, right? All right, this movie was not a screwball comedy. All right, in my opinion, I think this movie like maybe they thought it was going to be a screwball comedy, but, but what happened was it actually was a legit movie with a like comedy in it. 
and I, and I and I think this movie like took took it took on like a, a, a almost like a platform of itself or, yeah. or of its own where it's like this isn't a screwball comedy. It's not a serious movie. It's not an Oscar nominating movie, but but it's a good fucking movie. It's a good baseball movie. And and uh, like I don't know what they were thinking when they were like trying to make it, but like like it doesn't really fit a screwball and it's like not Oscar, but it was like a really I I think it was a really good movie. Yeah, so. if you go back if you go back to YouTube and you actually watch it and you watch the trailer of it, you're like this is completely and utterly the wrong false advertising because it has nothing to do with the serious parts of this movie. And there are countless serious parts that anybody can look at and go, well, that's, that is way above and before any other sports movie we had. And it's but not, I, I, but I don't even want to say it's this. Oh, sorry, Kevin, I don't want to cut it. you off. I don't, I don't even want to say it's not <laughs> the serious parts. I just want to say it's like, the movie just flows, man. Yeah, like yes. like, like the movie, it, it, the movie just flows, and it, it it's it flows in such a good way where it's like it builds upon itself, and like there's really good character development, and there's really good like, you know, a, there's a really good story. There's a love story. There there there's so many different things that go along with it. Where yeah. I think that like, it, it it just the movie like takes care of itself. So I'm sorry, Kevin. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, sorry. Like, the um. Even- even the funny parts of it, it's not off the wall, you know, like kind of kind of funny. It's it's smart funny, you know. Yes, you know. Yes, yes, exactly. The sequel, okay, oh. Major League Two, that is more screwball than than the original is. Yes, yes. And I, I mean, like, you know, we'll talk about that at some point, I'm sure, but. You know, Bob Uecker getting completely fucking hammered throughout the entire oh. film, like you know, like all this other kind of stuff. But but this is smart, witty, like you know the 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 comebacks are are there, like the they're really well thought out jokes, like well planned out and 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 perfectly executed, not just. You know, it, you know, not just like some guy like banging a horse, and you, you know, like, what? You know, <laughs> how did you go to banging a horse? Wait a minute, how did you go to bang? What movies are you watching <laughs> in which characters like, a party? You know, <laughs> you know, okay, you got me on that one. You got me on that one. Guys. <laughs> right, but that's what I'm saying. It's not. It's not so crazy. It's not so off the wall. It's, you know, the the jokes are funny, and you know what's funny? One of the best jokes from the film is not even in the film it was in the trailer really do you do you guys remember the joke no idea all right so they're at the they're at the bar after after Vaughn like throws a a, a pitch and it and the guy launches it right and Vaughn's all the press oh. and they're trying to like cheer <clears throat> him up and they're like they're like come on you know like Cheer up! He goes. I he goes. I pitched a ball. A guy hit it. And he goes. It hasn't even landed yet. And and one of them goes. Come on! It wouldn't it, that ball wouldn't have been out of most parks? And he goes. Name one. They go Yellowstone. <laughs> that was in the movie. What? It was. Well, that was in the movie. That was that was after they played the Yankees. It was in the movie. Yep. Yeah, that was, was in the movie. How did I miss it this time? <clears throat> no, that was definitely in the. That was definitely in the movie. Oh shit. 
Well, That's, I'll go. tell you one thing. That, the, the, the other thing about this movie is it's the most, it's the one movie you always forget about, but it's, 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 it's a remote dropper. Meaning, if that movie's on, yep. the remote drops, and that's playing. I'm like, yep. okay, I can, okay, this is gonna. I'm I'm gonna continue to watch this movie because the other thing too that's going on to one of the many reasons why I love this movie is I'm 100% convinced Kevin will relate. John, I just don't know your team. Is I don't know. I I you're a Jets fan, right, John? Sadly, so is Kevin, but that's okay. okay. Yes, I I know for a fact <laughs> Kevin is. So I'm a Bears fan. I've always been. We. Any sports team fan who has a team that sucks can relate because you lived in the misery. Uh-huh. You literally go, <laughs> yep. And it's it's a movie about loyalty to shitty teams that when they actually are successful, it's <clears throat> it's joyous. <laughs> because, you know, like Bob Eubecker, when at the end of that movie, no spoiler, but when he gets up and he starts screaming, you know, the Indians win it, the Indians win it. And he starts screaming it. I don't care who you are. If you love any sports, you just smile at that scene because you're like, I just want that for my Chicago Bears. I want that for my New York Jets. I want yep. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, like, yeah, let's let's not jump to the end, but yeah, right. So, um, so, so I I saw this movie obviously on a date. Um, <laughs> Why is it obvious? <laughs> How is that even obvious? <laughs> Because you know, you know, no name drops. Yeah, no yeah, name yeah. Fucking girls love baseball. Yeah, so I'm gonna take my, I'm gonna take this chick to the fucking no. major league instead of some fucking rom com where I could get some puss. But I'm gonna fucking, <laughs> I'm gonna watch a Cleveland Indians fucking win yeah. the pennant. No, all right, let's you know, go. You know, you girl, know what really girls love me. The Cleveland Indians. Girl, <laughs> girls love me. <laughs> oh, I, I live in, so I live in New York. I live in New York, New Jersey. <laughs> And the girls love fucking Cleveland. <laughs> how, did but, you, uh, how, did, how did you? Know right, so you were on a date, obviously. Obviously, <laughs> obviously yeah. you were on a date. Um, not with Chester. Not with Chester. No, not with Chester. I was. <laughs> Different guy. Um, <laughs> it was. Uh, it was actually Robin Clancy, I believe. With Robin? Yeah, Robin Clancy. It was either Robin a guy? Clancy. Is it a guy? No. He's oh. on a date. Oh, no judging. <laughs> do, what you, do, do what you got to do. Hey, man, we're a we're living. It was either Robin alone. Clancy or Jen Montano, but I'm I'm pretty sure it was it was Robin Clancy. And that's how Kevin got sued. Keep going. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say any. Uh, you know, didn't say anything false and didn't say anything derogatory, except for the fact. As, that your, as your lawyer, I advise you not to mention any more names, <laughs> except for the fact that she was with me. <laughs> I remember watching it and I remember thinking how funny it was and kept my interest the whole time. Like it was, it was really good. We, we both had a really good time watching it and it built up and it built up and it built up again. I, I don't, I don't want to jump to the end, but at the end, when they start playing the song, <laughs> all right, I know what you're talking about. The, the place just goes nuts. The, yeah. the, the audience, we just go crazy, and it and like the whole place is rocking, like as if we were there. You know what I'm saying? And I just, I just remember how it made me feel, like the whole, like the whole time, and it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. Well, you, you know what's funny? You know what you're mentioning at the end of the game, like it really, 
feels like your team, like as you yes. said, your your team yep. hanging on every pitch <laughs> in playoff baseball. Like, listen, baseball sucks. Like, I'm not gonna lie, it sucks to watch. <laughs> you know, like in real in, but like playoff baseball, when you're hanging on every pitch, yep, it is awesome. Like it's absolutely awesome when you're hanging on and, and the whole crowd is stand up and no one's sitting down. Yeah. And, and 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 you're just waiting for that. And then the fucking ball goes. And then like, <gasps> like everybody's holding their breath on every pitch. And and once again, the end of that movie is exactly they they captured it. They they it's captured genius. playoff. It, it, it's it was it was amazing. So Sorry. and I don't want and again, we're not we'll get to the ending, but the the there's one ch- there's one key thing about the ending that I think it always gets overlooked. And like I said, when we get to the ending, we'll get to the ending uh, to discuss it. But there's one genius part about the movie that I think is truly brilliant that is overlooked. But, you know, again, this is a movie that you, you, you watch it when you're young and you're just kind of like, you don't really get it. You just kind of look at it as a, as a laugh. But when you get like older and it starts to develop and, you, you know, you start to watch it more, you sit there and go, holy shit, like, this is fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is this is amazing because you know um, Charlie Sheen was a minor league baseball player, and he could actually throw the pitch. So like when he was tossing the ball and he was throwing eighty, he actually side note, <laughs> you know, not to not to go on a ten, he actually took steroids for the movie so he can throw the ninety five mile per hour pitch. So that's actually him throwing it. I, I, is it really? I, I got a lot of. He doesn't need steroids. He's got tiger blood. Well, okay, look, I got a lot of useless knowledge up here. This is the only thing I bring to the table, guys. <laughs> so he actually threw he actually threw that 92 mile an hour pitch. Yes, he didn't throw the 101, but he did throw the 95. He did say wow. that. Wow. But he wow. took steroids in order to do it. <laughs> so like um, but you know, from the start of the movie, because if anybody who watches it, like the start of the movie is sets the tone perfectly because yeah. it actually starts in black and white. And it starts with newspaper clippings and it goes through the history of the misery of Cleveland about how Cleveland could not win. And it goes through like decades and decades of just losing and losing and, the, and losing. And, and, and the song is. Perfect. Yes. Uh-huh. The song <laughs> yep. is perfect. Oh, uh, fucking Randy <sighs> Newman. The love perfect. Oh, no. <laughs> he, oh my God. He's a hidden gem. He's a hidden gem. In the and song. the love. Oh, um, oh god, it, it's amazing! It's it, it like it's a perfect song for that for that thing. It's dead on, John. And like, so they play it, and then they go through the city, and then you start to see that everybody just wants Cleveland, like to to you know be successful. And the you know, so it cuts to the uh, to the owner, who I don't know uh, any other movie she was in except she played the mom in Mel Gibson's directorial debut in The Man Without a Face. She played Nicholas Stahl's mom. The only thing I remember her in. Um, uh, she's, you know, she's telling him that the whole aspect of the movie is, is that she wants the team to be so bad. Her game plan was that she wanted to go to Miami. So she took, she wanted Cleveland to suck so bad. She wanted to conform a team that could be so bad that the attendance would drop and go to Miami. And I remember because the guy goes, you want us to lose? And she's like, no, we've been losing because I want us to finish dead last. And last. <laughs> Which is great because it's most Jeff fans feel. <laughs> Dude, we should be in Canada by now if we're Jet fans. We, we shouldn't even be in New York. 
We should be in like Utah, the Utah Jets. Like, like we shouldn't even like, like, like. I can't, I can't think of anywhere else worse. Like, like we should not be in New York anymore. Like, I don't know how we're still there. Like, Bears whatever. fan. I'm anyway. a Bears fan, guys. Do you think I have any joy right now? I finally might have gotten a quarterback for the first time in 50 years. I, I don't want to get on this, but anyway. So, like, so would you, you guys know, get she, fields? You guys got fields, right? You damn right, we got fields. All right, Thank God. All right. he, he, Ohio State, they always turn out hey. good pros, man. Oh, hey, Ohio lip- State always has good pros, but we'll see. Your, your lips to God's ears. Anyway, so mm-hmm. we, so she, she lays out the plan, and if you really think about it, she's the only real antagonist in the entire movie. Like nobody else comes well, into this the movie. <laughs> well, everybody hates the Yankees, so that's oh, and really uh, and R- Rene Russo's uh, fiance. No, because when we get to that point. I disagree. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> we get to that one. Let's put a pin in that discussion. I, okay, you got me riled up already. Anyway, so <laughs> so so, th- so she goes out and she's like, "Go get me these athletes. Go get these me these you know athletes. We'll cross him off." Then. <laughs> that was in the trailer. That 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 that, that that line was in the trailer. I remember that. And so, so they start recruiting these players. So they go off and they go get uh, Tom Berenger, who's like <laughs> passed out with two hookers laying on him in Mexico. In Mexico. Mexico. And he doesn't even believe he's getting the call. <clears throat> and then they go try to call up uh, <laughs> Charlie Sheen. And Charlie Sheen, who's just like, can you make it a spring ball? And goes, yeah, I don't know if I can make it that way. And turns out he's in prison. So like, you really get like, <laughs> the, the cut of everything here but the best and i hate that i'm literally setting kevin up for this is they call <laughs> the manager lou <laughs> and they ask him they ask him if you want to you know be the manager and he literally pauses and goes i don't know i got a guy talk <laughs> go ahead <laughs> i don't know i got two guys here looking for some white rolls <laughs> <laughs> So, so the sheer notion of co- you know coaching, uh, managing Cleveland Indians, is like second to like drywall. <laughs> the guy's selling tires. The guy's selling tires, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll get back to you." <laughs> which is so, which is hysterical. Which is how bad that is. And oh and, my and, god, which. <laughs> So as like so as like she's bringing them all in, then you start to see like the introduction of all the players, and that's when you start to get, <laughs> you know, you get you know Tom Berenger to show up and you know dress completely as if it is 1988. Oh my god! And he, then, was, he was in fucking <laughs> Miami Vice. It was the white jacket, <laughs> yeah. the t-shirt, and jeans. I was like, and the aviator glasses. Oh god, Tom Berenger. <sighs> One of our hidden gems, anyway. <laughs> but now he looks like he ate a human being because, anyway, he gained like two hundred pounds. But, um, and then they brought in um, Serrano, played by David Hasselbaugh. Um, oh, what's that guy's <laughs> name? The the guy who plays in the All State. <laughs> yeah, him. <laughs> Which is ironic that? because he, um, from this movie, him and Charlie Sheen got along, and he wound up casting him in the action movie Navy Seals, that was like a year or two later. Because Charlie Sheen wanted to venture off into action, we could talk about Navy SEALs another day. I'm just saying that it's it's genius. I'm just saying like Charlie Sheen jumps off of the Golden Gate Bridge in Navy SEALs just for fun. That's all I'm gonna say. Anyway, <laughs> um, and then Corbin Burnson comes in. Corbin Burnson, who's like everybody, and this is the other thing they 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 make him out to be a prick, 
but he's just this he's the guy who's like gets the most money on the team even though he's just middle of the road he's not an all-star but he doesn't suck Uh and he's on his contract (laughs) and like everyone's like okay well he's the prick like when he shows up on screen you're like prick yeah that is the prick of the team (laughs) well the problem is though he rolled in with his golf clubs he didn't roll in with like a baseball bat he he came in with his golf clubs and you're like genius which is a genius it's the dude you're going to fucking baseball practice (laughs) and you're carrying your golf clubs like that's how shitty he is he's an asshole that that is the most genius character choice there is that he's going to spring training where he knows he's made the team and he goes in between training i'm gonna play a round of golf that's how genius (laughs) that is and then we the work go ahead no no go ahead and then uh the world is introduced to Wesley Snipes at this point because Wesley Snipes was only really known for two things at this point. He was known for Wildcats with Woody Harrelson and Goldie Hawn, the football <clears throat> that was came out earlier. And the Martin Scorsese video direction of Michael Jackson's bad, where he's actually the bad guy <laughs> in the music video. Bad. So this is, this is the only thing. So he got a letter of recommendation from Martin Scorsese to play Willie Mays Hayes because he says he runs like Mays and hits like Hayes. Hayes. <laughs> and, and the genius thing is, is like he rolls up with all this like this big car and all the suits and the guy's looking goes I don't even have him on the roster. <laughs> <laughs> which which again if you look at the 80s going how the fuck did he get past security in that regards? Yeah. But <laughs> the person, the person I, um... they left him they left him in the parking lot what i what i liked about what i liked about the introductions to everybody was like it was like it was like rapid fire and and it wasn't like everybody didn't have a fucking origin story it was like yes you know it was like a quick like oh he was in the california penal like you know all right like um and each each character they weren't just fucking loony like tom berenger is the journeyman like he's been he's been around he's been on a a bunch of teams his knees are bad like he's he's busted his ass his whole his whole career and he's never fucking made it yet you know but and he's just hoping for that one shot like that is half the guys in the fucking major leagues you know and i thought that was awesome corbin brinson is the other half of the guys in the fucking league, you know, like everybody that like, you know, they have money, they, they get that one contract and they just fucking sit back and kick back and, and collect, you know, you have, you have Martin, um, you have uh, Wesley Slaves. Oh, you have Wesley Slaves who is, who is young, arrogant, like, eager like just just wants to get out there and and show what he could do like he wants to be in the fucking hall of fame like you just know that like he 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 thinks he's going to be in the hall of fame you know and you know you know that that, that's every rookie like he's he's a rookie and a half right there you know um and then when charlie sheen comes in he's the same way but he's a different type of rookie all right he's he's a rookie who has a chip on his shoulder. He, but it, it's weird because he has a chip on his shoulder, in in a way, but he also doesn't. Like 
He's not. He he's the kind of guy who's not going to take shit from anybody, but he doesn't walk <laughs> around looking for it. Like, he comes in riding a motorcycle with a garbage bag over his shoulder. Yeah, yeah, that's his luggage. That's <laughs> like his, wearing, everything he's owned. Wearing a leather vest. It, it's yeah. fucking great. <laughs> but like, and they're like, "Who is this fucking guy?" Fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best. They're like, "Look at this it's fucking guy." <laughs> but Dorn, Dorn picks a fight with him. <laughs> Corbin Corbin Burnson picks a fight with him because he's the rook. Yeah, and and and, other- and 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 frankly, he scares him. And so so Corbin Burnson picks a fight with him. Now, when when um when uh, Tom Berenger goes over to him and introduces himself, he extends his hand and. Ricky immediately turns around and shakes his hand. You know, it wasn't like he, it wasn't like he just was like, who are you? You know, don't shake my hand. I'm, you know, I don't, I don't shake hands. Like, you know what I'm saying? He wasn't, he wasn't that kind of guy. Right. You know, and and you know, go just back for one second about what you said. The other genius thing about the introduction of the players is every single one of them, you don't get an origin story, but every single one of them is perfectly casted in it. So, like when you see like Serrano show up, you're like, "Yep, yep." You could not have found a better person. <laughs> like when Charlie Sheen shows up, goes, "Yep, I believe every bit that that is that is Rick Vaughn." Yeah. Like, like they're all and and it's like you like it's one of the genius things about the writing is is that these guys show up and they are dedicated to a one and a half minute scene that you just know their entire backstory. So you're like, got it. Yep. I don't need to know anything else about this character. Yeah. And and then when you get the dynamics of what actually takes place in the, not even the locker room, but yeah. like in the spring training. Training, yeah. In which Corbin starts picking on Charlie Sheen and you're like, I know this prick probably has done this countless times. Every year. To, yeah. Every year to somebody. And Burnson, uh, and uh, excuse me, and Tom Berenger looks at it and goes, this is my role. And it's very similar to Kevin Costner's character in Bull Durham yeah, when, he had yep. to, when he had a mentor. And, 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 the, and the greatest part about it is, is that like a majority of these guys, this is their first season, but the one person he doesn't fuck with is Serrano because Serrano steals his like fuzzy like golf club. Yes, bag. yes. <laughs> hats for bats. I bats. Keep bats warm. Because... <laughs> Because the other genius thing about Serrano that they don't that we didn't mention is is that, that like his niche is just like well what does he believe in and he goes voodoo <laughs> and it's like and you look at him going yeah that yep. makes perfect sense yep. that guy believes in voodoo you know what's funny too is that um, you know watching watching this movie I remember going oh my god Serrano is fucking jacked like he's huge you know. And when I'm watching the movie now, I'm like, wow, he looks like a typical baseball player from the 80s. Like, yes. he, he was skinny. You know, like, and, and it's so funny thinking thinking back then that he was a beast, you know, and looking at it now, is like, well, not that big. Like, I've seen bigger, you know, but for the time, he was, he was, he was jacked. Because there's that actual one scene in the movie where he's actually curling the bar with 45 pounds plates yeah. on it and you're like 
oh, like, like, like the other brilliant part about casting is, is just like you look at all of them and you're like, yeah, I'm not fucking with Serrano. Serrano is the guy that you're like, yep, I'm not fucking with him. Uh Um, And then they go like, so they go from the clubhouse in which you're like, okay, so we're all establishing who's going to be doing what with where. And then they go out to spring training. And that's when they initially start to see who these guys are. And the, the side note is, is like when Wesley Snipes gets on it and he flips the bat and it falls right down. You're like, okay. It <laughs> 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 <And>, was great. <laughs> Dude, he was all about flash and show. And he's like, and the, <laughs> the first thing he does is drop the bat. So, you know, directing. Dude, that's, point, a, big, the, that's the, a big pickup. Yeah, Cause that, that's the genius. So yeah. in real life, uh, what happened in real life is, like I said, Wesley Snipes was not a baseball player. He was actually not very athletic. So when he hit the ball up, he did that actually in the filming. And David Ward goes, well, I now know what your character is going to do for the first 20 minutes of this movie. And he just kept hitting it up. And he's just like, that's your character. Your character can't fucking hit. But you, <laughs> so, but you know what's funny, though? You know what's funny about that? When he hit the bat on the plate and it bounced up, the assistant coach just like turned around and like threw his hands up in the air as, as well. And once again, it, it was so well put together. And we've yes. been saying this all along that how well this movie was put together that he hit them. And the, and the guy's like, oh, he just turned, he just turned his back. I was the, like, Oh my the God. The assistant coach is Steve Yeager. And he's a, he's an actual major league baseball player. All right. All right. But, hysterical. Absolutely so hysterical. Cut- so you're starting to cut to each of their characters, and now you're taking a look at exactly what they bring to the team. So when they cut to Tom Berenger and he's behind the plate, I remember watching that going, I totally believe Tom Berenger played in the major leagues. Like the yeah. way that he had the stance, where they called the second base, the way he yes. threw it, the way it was just like, like I said, you cannot act athletic. And there are very few actors that can turn around and be like, I totally believe that. Like, I totally believe. Like, it's not like where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, Freddie Prince Jr. is throwing fastballs on the mound. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I believe he's he's that guy. But, like, when Charlie Sheen wound up and threw the ball, you're like, that's that's perfect stance and everything. And then they cut to and, – and yet while he's throwing the ball, it's like he destroyed – <laughs> yeah, he destroyed the model, which again is complete eighties because they had the cut out of the, the the batter and it was beaten to hell from all of his bitches. Yeah, um, and then they cut to Serrano, and you're because the other thing that's amazing about Serrano, and I forgot about it, is just like how the fuck did this guy fall through the cracks and everybody? And it literally cuts to the scene where he starts smashing him, and Lou goes, he goes, Jesus, this guy hits a ton. What happened? And then the breaking ball hits, <laughs> and, he, and he misses it. <laughs> He cuts right to the managers and goes, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's enough of the fastball. Hit him with the, hit him with the breaking ball. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> and it cuts to him, and he hits himself over the head, and he goes, stupid. He goes, coño, coño. He fucking <laughs> Straight ball hit very good. Curveball batter. That's, that's <laughs> I give I give Jabul rum. <laughs> That's fucking so funny, man. So, so again, oh my like, god. You, you, so th- this is then segues into them going into the. Oh, and then it cuts to Corbin Corbin Burnson, who's like, 
can't. I'm not doing push-ups. I'm not doing it because like Lugos is just like you ever mess a grounder again. Don't give me that Olay shit. Because <laughs> he goes, you miss a grounder, you do. It. And he goes there. He goes and grabs his contract. And he goes, hey Lou. He goes, just so you know, my contract says that I'm not allowed to do up, you know, push-ups. And Lou just drops. Because, his what do you think of that? <laughs> and he drops the contract and he takes a steaming piss on it right there on the thing. And you look at Corbin going, okay, well now again perfectly casted because Corbin was an absolute asshole yeah. like you could not find a better person and then when and then this is where it starts to get legitimately impressed this is where it starts to impress me is they go into the locker room and they're all exhausted and he's like damn he's just like you know oh and they're all exhausted and they go to the lockers and uh Tom Berenger sets the thing he's just like oh yeah he's like red card and they're like what's a red card and he said well red card means you just got bumped down to the majors and you just died and Charlie Sheen goes to reach to his locker and he goes back and sits back down he goes don't worry nobody gets cut on the first day and the genius part about the movie is he never opens the locker is he sits right back down he's like no I'm good for right now (laughs) (laughs) but but you actually look at it from a standpoint of going like oh shit like now they're playing for their careers in this sense. And you it kind of brings back the humanity of just saying, well, this is now not just so much of a throwaway serious moment. This is like, or like a once over. It was legitimately like saying like, oh, fuck, some of these guys are going to be like cut. Yeah, so they're going to be gone, you know? Yeah. And 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 um, Tom Berenger, when he, when he sits down <clears throat> and he goes to open his locker and he's like, come on, it's, it's only your career. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because it's just everything you ever wanted. Yeah. He looks it up and he sits down. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Go on. He's like, he's like, come on, Jake. It's only your life. Yeah. I think he said something like that. It's only yeah. your life. <clears throat> but um, so so again, you kind of go through it. Then it goes into actually like you know preseason where they're actually playing teams and like again Serrano can't hit the breaking ball and then like Willie tries to steal because Willie's just like I'm gonna steal bases like that's his thing yeah and he and he slides and he's like still five feet and you see the second baseman going because again it's not like out of the blue and then the, and then the other thing is like they show like Bernson like throwing the ball and I'm like good god that man could play and they show the collision at the plate so it's actually like realistic that takes place that you're sitting there going like okay and it was right around this moment of the movie that i turned around going this is this is like a legit comedy that is so realistic that i'm surprised that this movie has not set a standard for like because you we really never seen a realistic sports movie comedy if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. prior to this i can't think of anything off the top of my head prior prior, no it's it's, it's hard to think about but like once again this is that movie. It really is. It, it, it's one of the genius things about this movie is that you never get a movie that actually turns around and has these dramatic moments. And again, we'll get into a little bit, a couple more because there's like a couple scenes that's actually amazing. And I use that word actually, it, there are amazing scenes that it twists it to comedy. But, um, but th- this, this movie is, is the, <clears throat> is the movie that sets off like necessary roughness Yes. The replacements, the Mighty Ducks, you know, like that, those kinds of films where you have the ragtag, you know, the ragtag team, you know, and they, um, you know, you know, they're, they're put together, you know, they're not very good. They're expected to lose like that whole thing. And like, you're, you're rooting for them. They get better, you know? <laughs> 
So, yeah. And that's the thing that, so when you start to see the transition of everything growing, then you start to look and it gets to the moment of like, like, you know, <clears throat> final, final cuts and it starts cutting it in where you start seeing the inner cutting up. If someone's going to get cut, if someone doesn't get cut and how Serrano puts a snake with the, yeah. with the ball. And then you cut to, you know, Wesley Snipes putting a little rattles. Like a garter, garter, garter snake. <laughs> but like, so the, the, the part going back to what Kevin said is that when it gets down to final cuts, and again, it goes to the genius of it. They go to a guy, uh, Gentry, and he opens his locker and he sees the red tag and he shuts it and you turn around and you're just like, oh, shit. <laughs> and you know what's funny? Gentry, they flashed his name so many yep. times in, in like montage play where it's like, oh, fucking Gentry's going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He was like, like, he was totally, I don't even know who the fuck he was. He's the Star Trek red shirt. <clears throat> Yeah, he he was he was just some guy. He couldn't make the uh, Indians. And then, so and then uh, you know, Tom Pedro <coughs> opens up his locker and he made the team. And he looks over to Serrano, who's got like the 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 voodoo headset. He's got the gigantic python. And he like oh yeah, it got up. it got bigger and bigger and bigger yeah. every time Serrano was gonna do something. And then he had the he had. And I remember one time he had the boa wrapped around his arm. Yes, and, and as he's doing it. You hear in the locker room, they go, ooh. You know, it's like, like, like it just got cooler and cooler every time he did it. And you're like, fuck yeah, let's go, motherfucker. You know, like, make the fucking team. So, but I thought, fact- but once again, little things like that, like, like, like when he's doing that, they're like, ooh. You know, it fucking, dude, it makes the fucking movie so cool to me. Yes. You know so what I mean? Room- I love little shit like that, man. I'm sorry. So, Go ahead. so the rumor was that on filming is that he was actually petrified of snakes. So if you actually watch it when he pulls back the snake, how slow he actually moves the snake back because he did not know what the snake would do. So if you ever watch <laughs> the scene again of how slow he actually moves it back, he was actually <laughs> petrified of snakes. And then you and then you kind of get Wesley Snipes, who who when he opens his locker and he swings it. It's the literally everything that every one of us would have done, which is I can't look at it. I oh, really? He just kind of jumps in. And look at it. He gives it a quick little glance. Because Tom, open. Tom Berenger turns around and goes, listen, if you do it, get out of the locker room. And again, this is the genius part. He goes, leave yeah. the locker room because some of you, some of the guys just died because they yeah. just got cut back to the mangers. So he just walks. So he sees it and he sees no tags. So he just kind of looks and he walks out. <laughs> one of the, the greatest team. scenes ever. One of the greatest. He goes, he goes. <laughs> he does a little happy dance, and the best, the best part about it is as he's walking. Yes. Back, as yes. he's walking back, he just goes, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Fucking so, amazing. He's like, so then you, So then you cut. Then you cut to like Charlie Sheen, and Charlie Sheen literally does this thing. If you ever watch it, is Willie leaves and he follows Willie, and then as soon as Willie's turns, he immediately turns his attention back to his locker. So they kind of pause that and make check on Willie. So he's literally sitting there staring at that locker, getting his motivation. He drops the bag, opens that thing up, and boom, he sees the red card. And the way they shot it was genius yes. because they literally they literally just cut Charlie Sheen's face with a small corner. Of the red card, they shot it from inside 
from the inside, locker. The locker. inside the locker. And you can yeah. see it, and they shot it from behind the tag. And to watch awesome. Charlie Sheen legitimately just get crushed because you're actually watching somebody who you're like, I thought he was going to make it and he gets crushed right then and there. And he then proceeds to go to the manager's office and it literally lays his mind and lays into him. And the you may think I'll be shit now, <laughs> but every time I pitch against you, I'm going to stick it up your fucking ass. ass. <laughs> <laughs> fucking throws the fucking ball. Oh my God. <laughs> Ricky, I think somebody's been having a little fun with you. <laughs> like, but any other manager would turn around and be like, snap on him. He goes, good. I like that in a player. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, the problem is I didn't cut you. Someone's been having fun. And you immediately go like, oh. And, and, and then they immediately cut to Corbin Burnson. <laughs> and and they got he just launches himself. So the funny thing about it is, if you ever rewatch it, this is the worst part of the movie. Is they hired the two stunt doubles that don't look anything like Charlie Sheen and Corbin Burnson as they're getting in this fight. And if you ever watch it again, they dive over a ble- like over a bench, and you're like, yeah. "Really? Like you didn't really have to shoot that one scene?" But <laughs> I just the other thing too is that if you ever watch this back when it was playing on television when it was edited, because all they just doing is just like say "fuck" a lot yeah. in the scene. And he's just like real fucking funny. Yeah, I wanted to tell I wanted to tell him I wanted to talk about that because the the argument is like, you know, John, you played you played sports, Narge, you played kind of um and, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, thank you for that. <laughs> no, but we've we've all been in the locker rooms. We've 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 played and 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 we've had that camaraderie, and you've had that asshole that you fucking can't fucking stand, and you're like just just one time, say something one fucking time, because I'm gonna fucking go off on you. And when they get into the fight and they're yelling back and forth, and and um and Charlie Sheen is just going, fuck you. Fuck you, yeah, real fucking funny asshole. And I'm like, it's it's so real. It's it, it resonated with me so much. Even back then, it resonated. This is so so real. And I'm I'm like, that's exactly that's that's exactly how two testosterone fueled yeah. dudes are gonna yeah. fucking go. You know? can't take a joke, Rook. You can't take a joke, Rook. He says, something. I was like, oh my god. What's the matter, rookie fuckwad? <laughs> and 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 the other thing about it is, is that at the end of the scene and the following scene is another reason why the movie's brilliant is because he looks at Charlie, like Tom Berenger comes up and this is where the mentorship comes in. And he's just like, dude, let it go. And he goes, he goes, why? He goes, he goes you got other things to worry about. He goes, like, what? He goes, like playing for the fucking Cleveland Indians, like being in the majors. And you immediately see him going like, I'm a professional player. Yeah. 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 And, yeah, yeah. and the very and he, and he, scene, and he fucking posted it. The very next scene is the scene that you're just like, is the first thing, which is, holy shit, is when Tom Berenger like walks to the field, an empty field, and he looks out and he's like, he's he's soaking in the fact that this is like potentially his last run. He gets to the plate and he just kind of looks at it and he's just like, Taylor calls a shot. And you hear the sound of the music with a, with yeah. a nice little overtone of, of, of the fans and you hear it and he takes a, a fake swing and a crack of the bat 
and he starts to jog around the field as if it was just like this is just what he this is the perfect thing yeah. to start to the end that of was his run. That was his natural moment. Yeah. And of course yeah. it gets ruined. Uh, until he rounds third base. <laughs> and he, and, he simu- and again, going to what John says about the little things, when he comes off the base and he simulates the high five and you actually hear the high five, this is the air high five. It was amazing. Yeah. And then you see Willie Mays and you see uh, uh, Vaughn sitting there and they're just clapping. And they're like, oh, that ball was gone. And they, and they go, <laughs> and they, they both like cover their eyes and they look across. They're, they're like, you can't a hold of that one. So the very next scene is like, like, all right, so now they're going to go celebrate and they go to this restaurant and, and Wesley Snipes is just sitting there trying to look all classy in his suit and he has no idea what he's reading on the menu and Tom Perringer is sitting there reading it and then you got Rick Vaughn who's got like this leather jacket cut off and a t-shirt and he has like just the tie Hi. around him. <laughs> And he, he goes. <laughs> it looks like, it looks like when look, Fred Flintstone gets dressed up. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, oh, I hate this tie. And he goes, it's part of the rules there, Vic. And he goes, I look like a banker. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then he's looking at the menu. And then uh, Willie, uh, Willie May says something to the effect of, "What does this mean?" He goes, "Never mind, I'll order." <laughs> <laughs> And he never looks up from the menu. And like, I think the genius thing about the, the, the choices that he makes is he's seen it all. He's answered all these questions before. Yeah. He's done this a million times. And then they order the champagne. It's literally that moment of, of realization. And then you see Tom Berenger look and he sees Rene Russo, his ex-wife, yeah. with, uh, oh, with or his ex-woman. I don't know. I forgot if they were married with this other guy. <laughs> and, and he goes, I don't know who that guy is. And he starts trying to evaluate, and Charlie Sheen kind of looks at him and goes, Want me to go down there, beat the shit out of him? Hey, while we drag out here, kick the shit out of him. <laughs> Dude, as I'm, as I'm watching this, as I'm watching this, I'm like, Ah! I'm like, It's Dorji! It's Dorji! <laughs> <laughs> and, and Tom Berenger doesn't blink. He's just staring, and Charlie Sheen goes, Want me to kick the shit out of him? And nobody answers, and Charlie Sheen just shakes his head, No. Like, Okay, I know. I know. <laughs> I won't go do it. And then it turns out that he goes down there and uh, tricks Rene Russo to come and talk to him. And he just says, look, you know, let's let's have a conversation. Let's talk about it. And she's just like, fine, here's my number. I'm with somebody else right now. And he's just like, well, you know, I'm not going to leave unless you get your phone number. She gives it to him. He goes, great. And he leaves. (laughs) And you just sit there going in the back of your mind, sit there going like, yeah. Well, obviously, you know this is where this is going a million miles down the road, but yet you're just like, okay, well, how is this actually going to to transpire and come out? Yeah. And that's and it's 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 one of those things from that regards. Because later on in the movie, when you find out that she likes, you know, gives him a false number and he goes and confronts her in the library, you kind of get the whole backstory of like Tom Berenger, which is could have been a complete and utter throwaway scene, mind you. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you actually get the backstory of what it was like to be the girlfriend of a <clears throat> professional athlete. And she, you know, she sits there and she's just like, you know, you'll always be the child that never grow up. And he goes, you never even read Moby Dick. And he goes, where's the whale section in the library? I bet <laughs> the dude at the restaurant read Moby Dick. <laughs> like, like, and it just gets into that little bit of a pissing contest of everything there. And, uh, 
So, you know, so it gets, you know, start of the season, skipping a little bit and gets to a little bit of the start of the season. And, you know, you get to see the, you feel the, the nervousness of the guys throwing it. And then, and this was always the one thing I always forgot is like when Tom Berger goes up to uh, Charlie Shin goes, dude, relax. We have 180 of these games. You'll be fine. And I'm like, holy shit, they really do play that many fucking games. I forgot about yeah. that. <laughs> Because you take a look at the longevity of this, and then Lou gives his pep talk about, he goes, we were projected to go dead last, but I like to serve them all a big shit burger for them to eat. And you're like, oh, I, 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 I guess that's a motivational speech. <laughs> but, you know, the other hidden character, which I forgot to mention about, was the old pitcher that Charlie Sheen met during spring training. I forgot about that guy. And, and uh, Oh, God. Awesome. I love that <clears throat> And he who, talks about who's also kind of a kind of a scumbag. You got your fucking Vaseline and you fucking write some sucking snot on the ball. <laughs> and he goes, you put, put snot, snot on the on ball. The ball? <laughs> he goes, hey. And he goes, well, I haven't gotten the arm that I used to. And you look, sit there and go, so he's got like sauce on his on his uh, on his uh, hand. He's got like rubbing rings, and he just starts talking about all the tricks of the trade. Because yeah. the first thing I remember is when he took his shirt off. I go, "How the fuck is this fifty-year-old still on the fucking mound?" And Tom Berenger, <laughs> and they're contemplating. Who Tom was Berenger. that? Who who was that guy? He was. He's just a very known character actor. Yeah, he, he, played he was the, in a he was in a bunch of shit. Yeah, he was a uh, he was in. Um, he was in The Last Boy Scout, one of my favorite action movies in the 90s. Dude, um, he almost he almost looked like Billy Bob Thornton, but I know it's not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but he almost looked like like that like that type of guy. And you he, know? he played he like plays the asshole in like everything he's in. But he wasn't really an asshole. He was just like the, the fucking veteran pitcher that like Found every trick of the trade. Well, he <laughs> had a he had a little bit of a mean streak in him with with Serrano, um, slightly racist. Um, <laughs> you know, up your butt, but Joe. Joe. <laughs> well, because 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 like here's the other thing is that I, you know you get the, the the players that are superstitious and they have their own theories and you know he's believing in voodoo and he just says. Uh, and Serrano just say, he's just like, well, why don't you pray to our Lord Jesus Christ? He goes, hey, Zeus, I like him very much. He knows, he knows, help me with curveball. And he looks at him and just like a typical baseball player would say, he goes, are you saying Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? <laughs> great, great line in the movie. Yeah. Like, great. That is a classic. That is a legitimate sports <clears throat> line. If I've ever heard one. And then he just like, and then he, then he sets the presence with him. He goes, this is Joe Boo's rum. Nobody, I pray to Joe Boo. Nobody brings Joe Boo's rum. And he goes, it's very dangerous. Because then when it immediately cuts to the Dude, start of the first game. Up your butt, Joe Boo. <laughs> Joe Boo. And he drinks it. And he gets hit in the head with a bat. Because he literally comes out of the he comes out of the dugout and he says, "Hey yo, Joe Boo needs a refill." And <laughs> hey bartender, Joe Boo needs a refill. <laughs> um, getting getting back to my my racist God, statement. Movies. <laughs> yes, of course. This this movie, as I'm watching it, like throughout the entire film, I'm just like, like there's so many things. Like the first of all, it's the Cleveland Indians, and like 
everything that comes out of basically everything that comes out of Bob Uecker's mouth is fucking wildly racist. <laughs> but like, like, first of all, you've got the you got the fans in the stands with the painted faces, the drums, the headdress, like the whole thing. They're sitting called, by themselves. Sitting by themselves. <laughs> they're called the, they're called the tribe. Um, he he. He's like the TPs off the every time he hits a home run, it's off the reservation. Um, it's happy hunting ground. Like, like I was like, oh my god! Like every every racist like Native American thing you could say, he was just like spewing. And it's not like he was. And I mean, he's not racist. I'm not saying he. You know, he, he. It's not like he was putting them down. He was just using you know, using that terminology that, you know, is not really appropriate um, anymore. Well, now, nowadays it's not appropriate, but like back in the day, that was the terms that they used. Yeah. You know, that because that's why they were called the Indians. You know, it, it, it was like, like all those things were, they were saying was like, but I'm just saying, if you made a movie about the Cleveland Indians today, Oh, you're not going to say. You're that, not you? saying any of that stuff. No, absolutely not. Because you're going to get canceled. You don't want to get canceled, Bob. You know, it, it's Bob crazy. Peter would would not say <laughs> any of that. Stuff. So you go. You <gasps> mostly you because he's dead. Oh, so sad. But is he you know, dead? This is Bob Uecker. He was 175 in the movie. What do you think? Oh, now? Jesus Christ! That's terrible. Well, you know. You know, the thing about him, too, is that's another guy that most people tend to forget because he was known for two things, which was Bud Light commercials yes. in a show called Mr. Mr. Belvedere. Belvedere. And, um, you know, he was world renowned as he was one of the most oh. uh, <laughs> sub- celebrities that basically was very adamant that he got <laughs> he was a male guy who admitted he got plastic surgery a lot because he always felt like his he always got his, <laughs> his face stretched out. But anyway, I digress. But like, you know, here's the thing, too. Um, he was the announcer of the game. And the thing that's genius is it's brilliant casting because the second he starts talking in the, in the mic, you're like, I completely believe this man would announce every single Cleveland Indians game but, humanly possible. But what wasn't he an actual, he yes. was an actual commentator, right? Yes. Yes. Um, and they got him to do this because, you know, <laughs> they pitched him on the idea and he's like, yeah, I'll be in a movie. <laughs> that yeah, was one of those. <laughs> But yeah, he was actually a very world-renowned uh, um, broadcaster. But I mean, and, having his voice as the backdrop of this film was, like you said, fucking brilliant. Like his voice gives you this. I don't know about I don't know about anybody else, but at least to me, his voice gives me this comfort. Like gives me like this like like everything's gonna be okay type type of type of feeling like I, I don't know man just just listening to that voice was was like home you know i i, I can't even describe it. It, it it's one of those things that you sit there and like going back to what kevin said earlier when we started uh talking about the movie is like it was it gives a more credible and believable aspect to the actual game yeah where you're not where you're not having like you know, people talk. It's literally he is commentating through the whole thing. That step by step, like when he throws ball four, ball eight, ball, eight. ball twelve. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and they cut the trash machine, and you could just see him. He goes, "Fuck!" And it just it's so perfectly, perfectly designed in that sense. In that regard, he walked like, the bases loaded on on eight to twelve straight pitches. Yeah, good outside. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then like because they're playing the Yankees and Jelly Sheen gets up and he he just like, he throws this punch right down the middle and he, the the guy who was like the known as uh you know you look at it and goes all right well this is the prick of the of the Yankees yeah, yeah this and is Don Mattingly basically is, that's what they're the, saying the, the mustache and everything and he goes he. <laughs> And he gets to the plate, and and that was the other thing is the interaction between the players and the and the oh, catcher, where, where he's just like, hey, 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 how's how's your wife and my kids doing? <laughs> and you're just like, okay, I get it, this is exactly <laughs> realistic. <laughs> and when he crushes, when he swings on one pitch, and he swings and he crushes it, and you hear Bob go, oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> and you. And you cut to the fans, and they're like, "No, no, too high, too high, too high, too high." Because when a home run is up, the last thing you want to say is, "That ball's too high; it's not going to go." And <laughs> yeah, who gives a shit? It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> and he goes, "Oh boy." <laughs> what do you think, Monty? <laughs> so. The movie starts to proceed, and uh, you know, as it starts to get a little bit more, you start to see them start to get to their own, and the owner starts to realize it's like, you know what, we're winning, but we're not losing enough. And he goes, "Well, what do you want us to do? Find them?" And the, the GM's like, "Well, what do you want us to do? Find them for good plays?" She goes, "No, we're coddling them." So she starts to now take away and give them the shittiest airplane in the history of possible, and well, they get them on the airplanes. Yeah, the airplane. Then they get. Then they get rid of the airplane. Now it's a bus. <laughs> <laughs> so like, like, like she again. She's like the only real antagonist in the entire movie. But you know, it kind of turns around on him. It's just like, all right, well, this is what unifies a team. And again, they don't do that because if that movie was made today, they'd turn around and be like, oh, the general manager is is taking away our stuff. This is how we became a team. Never happens in this movie. The <laughs> genius, genius part about the whole movie. And then, uh, so so skipping a little bit is that when Tom Berenger actually is sitting there because the plane breaks down and Wesley Snipes goes, are you reading Modi V. Dick? Which is actually a comic book, by the way. Yeah. He's reading the comic book version. version. And he goes, uh, yeah, she gave me a false number. And he goes, well, just follow her home. And he goes, isn't that creepy? And he goes, oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> so he follows Renee Russo home and he gets there and he goes up to the house. And this is where you and I disagree because you said the guy's a prick. He actually goes up and he finds out that, you know, he meets his you now the boyfriend and they're at this dinner party. And this is the this is brilliant writing as he sits down and he, there's this awkward moment where he sees his ex with his new and they're clearly at a dinner party and he's completely underdressed and he sits down and he, he's like, I'll have a beer. And the woman's just like, uh, so tell me about you. And, and Rene Russo turns around and goes, well, he used to be the best, but his knees gave out. And you could tell there's this gigantic tension in the room. And the woman asks, she goes, well, you know, I heard they pay athletes based on their ability. How good are you? And she says it really seductively. Oh, the wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. I've been waiting for this the whole fucking show, <laughs> right? Hold on, hold on. The fucking line of the movie was the old lady, she goes, 
the Indians. <laughs> I I didn't know they still had a team. <laughs> oh. And he goes, and he goes, and Tom Bat, he goes, yeah, we got uniforms and everything. It's great. <laughs> like, 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 it, like the fact that he goes, we have uniforms and everything, and it's like I and and that line sums up every shitty, f- awful team you've ever been on. Where it's like, like, do you have a uniform at least? And it's like, yeah, 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 we got uniforms and everything is great. The fact that he said that, it, it was just like that 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 line is the line of the movie, in my opinion. What's great about I, the movie? I, I hate this, I hate, I hate to say there's so many good lines, but the fact that he goes, the, the Indians, I didn't know they still had a team. And he goes, Yeah, we got uniforms and everything, it's great. Because <laughs> the other reason why that line is great, John, is because you you know you've coached before is like when you have somebody yeah. that shits on oh, your yeah. team oh, and yeah. goes oh you guys are and it's the most typical answer goes yep and we have a uniform and everything it's like you literally answer it as a coach you're like but the, you know the, the the line that's amazing about that is that the woman goes to tom barrett goes well you only get paid based on how good you are and she turns to him and she says and how good are you how good and are you at, and-, and he looks at him with a smile and he goes i make the league average which basically <laughs> like, i make the league minimum minimum <laughs> It literally is the most prime plus way he delivers it. And now this is where Kevin and I disagree. Because he's about to leave and he finds out Rene Russo is actually engaged to this guy. Wow. And the guy comes out and he goes, well, you know, and Tom Berger goes, oh, congratulations. He goes, yeah, he goes, well, I guess uh, we won't be seeing much more of you now, will we? And he goes, stay away from my girl. And he goes, uh-huh, suck my suck dick. My dick. <laughs> suck my dick. <laughs> You know, you flip it to the guy's standpoint, it's literally like, this is my wife. You fucked up. Could you stay away from the girl, my woman, that we are about to be engaged? Why are you around? I don't know how you can consider him a prick that this major league because, player. Because when he showed up at the when he showed up at the door, he immediately said, I'm gonna embarrass the fuck out of this guy. Yes, I would do the exact same fucking thing. Well, no. No, he followed her home. Like in in the he saw her in the stands and yeah. he's like he's like I don't know where she lives. Give, give me give me the cart. So he followed her home in the cart. Oh no, 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 that's, that's little, later on. Little did he know. That was later. That's that's, that's later. Oh, was it was it? All right. Yeah. But but what I'm but what I'm saying is is that when when Tom Berenger shows up the guy answers the door and the guy immediately is like, I'm going to embarrass the fuck out of this guy. That, that yeah, he did. He did. You're right. I'm going to humiliate him. I'm going to bring him in here because he's, he's not worldly. Like, like these people, you know, he's a, he's a scummy ball player. You know, he's uncouth. He doesn't know blah, blah, blah. And he's on a fucking shitty team. You know, so I'm going to, ju- you know, he's at the end of his career. He never, he never won a shit thing. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to let him fucking squirm for the entire night. Again. And, and then he like, he like asks some shitty questions, questions he knows the answers to, questions he knows they're going to embarrass him. <clears throat> Again, no. he brought a guy in that fucked his wife and is trying to currently fuck his wife. <laughs> Well, he didn't necessarily know that. I mean, yeah, the guy shows up at the house, 
There's no way he didn't know. What else do you think? There's no way. But, but because, go ahead. He could. Yeah, I used to fuck. He, I used to fuck Jake Taylor. He could like, like like. He could have sent him home at the door, but instead he said, "I'm I'm gonna bring you in here and and fucking ridicule you." So, yeah. agree to disagree. Anyway. <laughs> So when we, you know, throughout the movie, so going back, um, then it starts transitioning into, uh, you know, Willie Mays, who's just like, I'm going to get 100. You know, he's just like, my goal is to get 100 steals. Serrano still can't hit the breaking ball. And then Charlie Sheen turns around and <laughs> it turns out like Lou is looking at him going, OK, this guy's pitching everywhere but down the middle. So he goes, so he kind of looks at him. He goes, oh, yeah, take a look at the picture over there. And kind of looks, he goes, you can't see, can you? And he's just like, we're going to go to get some glasses. And he gets some of these orange glasses. Like pink. <laughs> like these pink glasses. And he's just like, well. And then and then the old baseball pitcher, God, I wish I knew his name, turns around and goes, I had a pair just like him. And then you just look at Charlie Sheen go, oh, God. <laughs> he, goes, gonna, he goes, fuck. He, he goes, I'm going to go get a pair just like him. He goes, seeing's the important thing. And, and, and it, ain't that important. Goes, it ain't that important. <laughs> Um, so, you know, then it starts getting into the whole thing in which Corbin Burnson was caught, like, you know, slacking on a play. And again, this kind of goes where, you know, Charlie Sheen starts going, you know, fuck it. This game should be over. And Tom Berenger says, you know, you know, focus on the next play. And then it cuts to him actually going to Corbin Burnson's house and saying, like, why did you skip out on that? He goes, well, I'm not going to get injured and damage my face. And Tom Berenger says, you know, the speech that you, you know, that that the sports movies goes, he goes, this is my last ride, man. This is my last shot at a run. He goes, do not fuck it up. And you're like, this is what a captain, this is what a leader, this is what everything is about. And again, it, it's the most underappreciated performance in a sports movie that Tom Berenger gives. And like, this is the guy that was like the biggest asshole in platoon. And he turns around yes. and like two years later and he's <laughs> playing this, like, I'd be like, yes, I will follow you. I will yeah. follow you. <laughs> like, so, uh, you know, so it gets into the dynamics uh, of everything from there. And then, you know, Cleveland Indians start to win. And the owner is just like, how the fuck is this going on? So finally, uh, Lou goes to the general manager and he says, just like, man, if we can all piece this thing together, we might have something. And he's just like, and the general manager turns up and goes, it's never going to happen. Yeah. So he tells Lou and Lou sits down with the team and goes, all right, so here it is, guys. And this, this is like my, this is the line for me, man. This is the line for me is when he sits down and he's just like, guys, we were picked to lose. She wants us to relocate. You know, we have to, you know, they want us to lose. And Tom Berenger gets up and he goes, well, I guess that's just comes to one thing, man. He goes, what? He goes, win the whole fucking thing. thing. (laughs) I'm telling you, dude, I got goosebumps thinking about this right now. And Wesley Snipes stands up and he's like, yes. Uh, so it starts to come to the point of just sitting there like, oh, shit, okay. And and they get the motivational thing, which they get the cardboard cut out. And this is where they kind of, you know, put this on the advertising thing like this was supposed to be yes. the rom-com. Uh-huh. Because cause most people tend to forget the only real nudity in the movie is Serrano's ass. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the only thing. There's no real, like, graphic nudity in this movie. So yeah. it kind of really is marketing. And he turns around and, and Lou says, you know, in order us to win, every time we win, we peel a, peel section. a section. 
and it starts going into the montage of the Indians starting to like actually win and base it all together. And the best, the from- best is that the the thing the cardboard cutout has a little a little thought bubble over it. It says, "You guys stink." <laughs> I, I love that like they had to put stink and not socks or anything like that. <clears throat> she's already naked under the thing, but like we have to word it properly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, getting towards like the end of the movie where, well, coming close where they're like, all right, they're one win away yeah. from making it to the playoffs and they need to beat the, the New York Yankees in that sense. And, you know, they're watching this and Corbin Bernson's wife is watching it. And she looks and it cuts to the background and Corbin Bernson is walking out the room with uh, this woman. So basically Corbin Bernson proving how shitty of a person he is, is having an affair. And, you know, he does what the typical athletes would do when they're out. And she just kind of goes vindictive. And, you know, you cut to the manager turning around saying like, look, you know, this is our last game. Everything rides on it. I'm going to go with the veteran. And you look at Charlie Sheen going like, okay, well, you know, this sucks and he kind of goes to a bar and starts to drink and this woman comes up and starts hitting on him and it turns out that this rather smoking hot woman is Corbin Bernson's wife and she walks out and Tom Berenger kind of sees her walking out and he's just like I had no idea who she was I swear to God I didn't know (laughs) he's sitting sitting on the bed he's sitting on the bed and and, uh, Tom Berenger walks in and he just looks up and he goes I had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're like, what? I had no idea. (laughs) I swear to God. (laughs) She's like, and she walks by, she's like, hey, Jake. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, what's up, Jake? It's fucking Charlie. So so then they, so it gets to the game, and then uh, Willie Mae stops Jake and he goes, he goes, look, Serrano wants to sacrifice. A live chicken before the game, man. We can't. We, you know, he needs some extra power. We can't do it. He goes, All right, I'll, I'll, I'll think of something. And you're just like, this is going to be amazing. However, he wants to do it. <laughs> and it cuts to it. He has a Kentucky Fried Chicken bucket, and he hands it to him. He goes, one live chicken, <laughs> one whole chicken. You, go, you, you got, got a like whole you chicken. You got a whole chicken, right? <laughs> but you know, right before they leave for the game, you just see like Carbon Burnson's wife. Uh, Corbin Burton goes, all right, honey, I'm out. I'm leaving. She goes, hey, before you leave, I've got one thing. And he goes, yeah, what's up? And he said, so happy. And the scene stops where you're sitting there going, oh. like, again, they don't even talk about it. They're nope. like, oh, okay. And Tom Berenger <laughs> goes to Charlie Jean, goes, get out of the clubhouse. Go wait in the pitcher's mound. Don't come out. We'll <laughs> get you. He's like, we don't need any distractions right now. So oh. here's, here's where... I think that this is brilliant like parts in where it gets to be absolutely brilliant is that like they get out on the field. You just see now the crowd is absolutely a sold out crowd. Everything has <clears> developed. <throat> everything's there. The owner is just sitting there just like, this is the complete nightmare of what I wanted to do. Yep. I now have a successful <laughs> program. It, it's, it's almost like the movie, the producers where yeah. like, she wanted it to sabotage, but it turns out to be a hit yeah. and, and she's sitting there and they're celebrating and they take the field, and when they take the field, and the music plays, and you see the crowd go nuts. Oh my yes. god, it's fucking amazing! Like you do not have to be a baseball fan to be like, okay, I'm completely on board with this yep. whole, this whole like situation from there. But like, <laughs> the things that start to get is, like the the game starts going on, 
and you know <coughs> they give up runs and now they're done and then Corbin Burnson like turns around he's giving up the body he's giving up the play you know he's doing everything he cans yeah. and he starts getting momentum and then Serrano gets up <laughs> and he gets up to the plate and he's got strike one he's got strike two and he literally takes the bat and he goes he goes he looks at the bat he goes I go to you I pray to you. You know, help me now. I say, fuck you, Joe boy. I do it myself. And that motherfucker takes that ball and hits that thing so far out of left field that he keeps the bat as he's running. He runs with the bat all the time. (laughs) And you're like, oh, yeah, this is how it is. And then they realize that they need to yank the pitcher. So this is where Charlie Sheen comes in. Now, this is the moment that Kevin was talking about. That's in the movie where... You know, the pitcher is giving up two runs. They need yeah. they need a little bit of juice. So they're like, you know, and I think we're going to call it. It goes Vaughn. And Tom Barry goes, he goes, Vaughn? He goes, yeah, I got a feeling he's due. Yeah, Why don't you just sit there and go, <laughs> okay, I'm with you on this one. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, you start to hear the wild thing. Yeah. And like the crowd starts going nuts. They start singing it. They start singing it. Wild thing. You make my heart sing. And the gate opens and Charlie Sheen comes walking out, number 99. He starts walking to the plate. He's got the glasses. And you hear the girl go, I hate this fucking Fucking song. (laughs) The way she delivers that line is amazing. Gets to the plate and he's just like, here we go. And he throws one strike. Hold on, hold on. Before, Before that, the shot where he's got his back to the camera. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> slams the glove. And oh my turns God. around. And it's like, <laughs> it's just awesome. It's he just awesome. He's like in the fucking zone, man. And he gets there and, you know, he's got, he's got the big home run hitter up on the thing. And he's got one strike. He's got two strikes. Then you hear Tom Berenger goes, ah, we'll see what he feels about the old number one. And he puts down the one. And when he throws that strike and like when he gives a swing and a miss, and it's 101, and <laughs> he throws the bat. <laughs> it's literally, and the crowd goes nuts. You're just like, I completely, I literally lose track and go, this is a fucking game. This is not even a fucking movie, and I lose track of this. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, <laughs> Willie Mays gets on second, you know, and then Tom Berenger gets to the base, and you're like, all right, well, this is it. And this is where the, the movie gets genius on two levels. Is Number one is, you know, he kind of signals to Lou, and Lou goes, that's a pretty damn good idea. And he kind of, like, agrees to it taylor calls the shot and he bunts and he's sprinting to first base the music is slow it's slow motion the music starts getting dramatic where you're like this poor man this is all he wants this is his entire his entire career him and his shitty knees that that him and his shitty ass knees and he's screaming, he's sweating, he's basically giving everything right and he gets there and then Willie starts to round to third. And, and you hear Bob going, he's just like, holy crap, they're going to score. He's going to win. And he gets there and he throws the ball back. And I'm telling you, man, every time I watch this, I'm like, this, I don't think he's going to make it the first. <laughs> and he slides and he just misses it. And I don't care what you are, where you are. When that umpire just screams, safe, safe, safe. he's safe. <laughs> Bob Ubecker comes out and I'm telling you, man, I don't care. <laughs> He comes out and he's just like, when he screams, he's like, the Indians win it. The Indians win it. Oh, my God. The Indians, the Indians win it. Win it. <laughs> he, he has that little bit of pause and the music plays and everybody chants. I was like, this is the part of the movie that's absolutely genius. 
is because any other sports movie would always be this is for the ring this is for the the the, the championship this is yep. for the trophy this yep. is for the, the only thing they're playing for is just to get to the playoffs yep they're not looking to win to the world it's not even get to the world series it's just to get to the playoffs and it comes down to the last thing and they're fighting for like just to be in the postseason to prove that they're not losers yeah and the celebrations that all take place at the end which is actually like I was like, I totally believe this. It's not hokey. It's not cheesy. They kill it in the second movie because they actually should never have done it. I'm not going to touch the second movie. But, <laughs> but like, you know, and they shake it. And then Carbon Burnson goes and grabs, sees Charlie Sheen. He gives him a gigantic hug. And then he like literally decks him right across the face. <laughs> <laughs> and he picks him up and the two of them look at each other and go, yep, yep. I know you and you know me. It was it was almost it was almost that movie like uh, in Top Gun when Iceman and Maverick look at each other going like, yeah, you're prick, but you know what? I'll ride with you any day of the week, right? Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. That moment of the movie. And I guess like the accolades and the, 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 the ending of that movie ends perfectly because they're all holding up the number one because it's like literally their careers might never get better than this. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it, like if they never had two and three, this movie could end in like, this is the high point of all their careers. And it was at the like the peak of it which is absolutely the most genius part to end it so you know being short you know being long-winded and getting to the whole point of this thing i think the main reason why this movie is just such a genius <laughs> fact of, of of a sports movie is number one is like like i said is like they're not playing for championships it's just playing to for another game like to be in the series to be recognized to go from zeros to actually like contenders you find out in the sequel that they actually lose in the first the first round <laughs> <laughs> but but it gets to that and and everything and um you know the other i'm not going to go too much into the second movie but like the genius part of like this is tom berenger's last ride you know this is the last thing that he ever wanted he doesn't wind up getting back with his girl because she's in the stands and i remember she shows her hand that she's oh, never getting married the, the empty the empty uh yeah she had the empty hand man she shows the empty hand and it's just an accolade that like at the end of that movie, it's just absolutely amazing in that sense. But I mean, when you guys saw the ending, what was it? What was it like when you guys watched that? Like from that point, as opposed to other sports movies that you guys have seen. It was, like I said, it was awesome. You know, just the, the, the music, the, the, the cheering, like what, what I, what I really liked about the the scene between Corbin Bernson and Charlie Sheen was they seemed to be in this dome of people. Like like they were they were like they were like covered. They were like protected. Like nobody nobody in the crowd saw that little like punch and hug and stuff like that. it was like it was like they it was like they were in their own like little world little, own little bubble and i and i always remember that like it was so it was so perfect um and when when renee russo shows up um oh i wrote this down when renee russo shows up i i'm not a big renee russo fan i don't think she's i don't think she's hot all right but she, in that scene, with her crimped hair, 
and her denim jacket and whatever. Dude, I was so turned on. <laughs> is, this, like that, is this a hint to your wife? Like that's like, that's like, that was like my 80s girl. You know what I mean? Like that, that's what it was. That's a great question, John. Who was your 80s girl? <laughs> oh, shit. I can't remember, man. Dude, it's been, dude. There's been it's so been many. Fucking hell, 30 years, 20 years. I, I don't even know. This is a great topic um, to have on the next one. <laughs> there, there was there was the 80s girl, but I will say at the end of the movie, I will say that like, like, dude, I really felt like I was watching the game. Like, I like it was it was awesome. Like, it it was really like just like a cool, you know, like way to end the game, man. You know, it's like especially with like you know wild thing, you know, pitching those, you know, hanging on every pitch. You know, and it really felt like you were hanging on every one of his pitches, you know, and, and you know, he 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 busted out the fucking bully from the Yankees, you know, and things like that. And it was, it was just it was just awesome, man. It was just an awesome movie, you know, it's awesome it, way to end it. You know, all these cool things, you know, that led e- up to it. It's easily one of my top five sports movies. And I could say that very, very comfortably, like, you know, if we were to compile a list of our top five sports movies. I, I don't know where it would fall on the list, but it's easily top five for me. Cause it's, it's, it's exactly what you guys have talked about. Yeah. I don't know where it would be on your guys' lists, but for me, it would be definitely on the top five. Dude, it's, it's gotta be cause, cause it was, it was epic. It, it's, it's an epic movie, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. It's definitely one of my top five. Definitely. Um, I mean, you know, you gotta put you gotta put Rocky up there and you know shit like that, but but like okay. you said, it, it's a complete, <laughs> you know, like it, it's funny because it it was it was marketed as a screwball comedy. It, it turns out that it's just a regular old comedy. Um, but like you said, it's like a it's like a dramedy. It's like it's. It's one of the most real. It's one of the most real sports films. Like, like I believe that this team could have existed. Yes, I believe that the things that happened could have happened because it's not like, you know, it's not like anybody on the team did anything spectacular. You know what I mean? You know. It, it wasn't it wasn't so crazy that you can't believe they did it you know nobody hit a nobody hit a home run that fucking launched and, and you know whatever it was they dug it out the entire movie you know vaughn you 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 lived and died on every pitch that he threw <laughs> it was just it, it it's almost like if they did this movie a different way it could be a drama Yes. Yes. Like it, it could almost be a fucking drama. Like that's what, really I, that's what I was getting at like, because Rocky, like, Rocky's not a comedy, but it makes me fucking laugh. Yeah. You know. So like, it, it, it's definitely it could it could with just a little nudge be a drama. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is this was kind of odd because I think like after this like. The careers like Tom Berenger kind of started to venture off into other movies, and like I, I don't know what his last big. I mean, he the last. I mean, obviously he 
he won an Emmy recently for Hatfields and McCoy and he was in inception, but like his career never really started to be on the downfall. He started, I think an action movie called sniper with Billy Zane, the great Billy Zane. And, uh, and I, I, you know, and he didn't really venture anything into that, but then, (laughs) and then, uh, and then like people's careers started to really take off from yeah. this and and like this movie catapulted like i mean wesley snipes became a household name after this movie and renee zellweger started to be much more of a character actor and then like you know charlie sheen totally just became yeah like, but renee charlie zellweger sheen. didn't really come into her own I mean, until the 90s renee russo renee russo okay okay my bad <laughs> <laughs> i thought if i could go this whole thing without calling her renee zellweger <laughs> <be all> right. <laughs> But yeah, no, this 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 movie was uh, was um, so. Would you recommend this film? <laughs> I would recommend this to like high schoolers now. Like, I would recommend this to kids like now and be like, because like when Bull Durham played again, that's one of my favorites. I was like, that's believable of minor league, and I was like, I can actually believe that this is like a major league. And like there are no all stars, I could like, totally totally believe none of them made the all star team. But you know what? They fucking all made it to the to the to the world to the like the playoffs. I would recommend this to anybody watching. Like, like there's a reason why this movie won in the tournament. That's what I'm saying. Like this is a movie, like not to go all dramatic in this sense, but like the the Indians won the the, the tournament that you boasted. <laughs> you know, um, th- this would be a film like. Did you ever did you ever get together with like your your team like the night before and like party but not too much just like just like maybe had a had a dinner and watched move and watched a movie like you know a, a, a movie about the sport you're about to play you know or or just a a movie that got you that gets you jacked up all right this would be a movie that I would say watch this the night before you go play. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know, not that it's going to jack you up, but it 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 gives you that it, it gives you that feeling, that competitive feeling that that fuck you, we're going to do this no matter what. You know, you, it, this is for all the naysayers and blah blah blah. You know, um, it's it, it's funny because um, growing up when I was uh, playing for uh, North Arlington. My coach um, used to used to come in and tell us he he'd be like he'd be like nobody believes that you're gonna win like nobody like everybody thinks you're everybody thinks you're losers like nobody thinks you're gonna win you know um, all these newspaper articles like kind of kind of talked about us especially in the beginning of the year kind of talked about us as like this like laughing stock um, and we were because you know and I'm talking my senior year. Um, we were because the year before we won like one game, you know, but, uh, but my senior year, we wound up going to the States uh, and playing in, playing in giant stadium. Um, and, uh, you know, like that motivated us, you know, him, him telling us everybody, everybody thinks you're losers, you know, whatever. And we gave him like that fuck you game. You know what I mean? And this is, this is that ultimate, like, 
fuck you movie. Like, like you put us together hoping that we were going to come in dead fucking last and we shoved it up your fucking ass. You know? <laughs> I, 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 it's perfect. John, to you. No, nah, man, I, I, I'm, I'm good. Uh, we, we, I think we said everything. I think we did. You know, um, I, I think we all really, truly enjoyed this movie. You know, this, I, this is one of them movies that, like, originally was supposed to be something, and it turned out to be a completely different movie than what everybody thought it would be. And you know, it, 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 it holds the test of time. You know, and um, you know it's it's just a great movie. You know, it's 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 funny you said that because as I was as I was rewatching this movie, I'm I'm saying to myself, "All right, could this movie be made today? Is this movie still funny today? Like the jokes that they make and whatever." And and because what I said in the beginning, that it's a smart, it's a smart movie. It's not just it, it. It's it. You know, it's not taking topical shit and making it, you know, making fun of it, you know, whatever. It's, you know, didn't talk about it like fucking Reagan, you know, like it was, it was about sports. It was about yeah. team. It was about camaraderie. It was about, you know, all, all of that. And it's just about being a man, being a guy, you know. And that's that's where the that's where the humor comes from, and that's where the jokes come from. So that's not going anywhere. That that type of humor and those jokes are not going anywhere. They're going to be funny today. They were funny fifty years ago. They were funny in the eighties, you know. It, and it's going to be funny again thirty years from now, you know. So when when I watched that movie, I, that was something I kept in my head. I was like, is this going to, is it going to disappoint me, you know, like like. You know, you watch something when you're a kid, you love it. And then when you watch it later on, you're like, eh, not what I thought it was. You know, I built it up in my head all these years that it was like this great film. And th- this this definitely stood the test of time. I think that's the case. And I think that when people started to vote for it, when they, because that the way I looked at it too is, is that when the brackets came out and we posted it and, and you saw Major League, I think everybody was like, oh my God, I forgot about Major League. Yep. I forgot about that movie, and then when it started to win, and I remember when it when it when it started to get toward the end, and we started the voting because I I was convinced Shawshank was going to take the whole thing. Me too. And then and then like when I saw Major League, I was like, I get to watch this movie. I just hope everybody who's <laughs> listening just is going to turn around and go, you know what? I'm going to rewatch that movie because I haven't seen it in a while. Uh-huh. I'm going to throw that bad boy on, and I'm going to realize why I love that movie so much. And that's like. And by the way, who's the one who picked it? Because you never told who mentioned who picked what movies. Um, I think I might. Or is that like? No, I think I, I think I might have picked it. Hold on. Let's, of course, I, I, I'll go back into my. Uh... I'll go back and see because I, I I don't know. Oh, it doesn't All matter. Right. All right, I'm very picked, I'm... Here, here was my pick: Caddyshack, Animal House. Big Trouble in Little Little China. Oh, Red State, Galaxy Quest. I love I love Galaxy Quest and Red State. <laughs> it's probably me then. Oh, you you picked it. It was me. Me? Yeah, it was John. Great pick, it. John. Great job, John. Great job. Because of course, Narji was 
Shawshank, Silence of the Lambs. All different genres, by the way. I picked everything from a different genre, my friend. <laughs> Predator, Alien, and Coming to America. Hey, I'm one to know. Let's go. You were, then John <laughs> Let's was, go. One to know, baby. Let's uh, see. Let's <laughs> old school Gremlins, Deadpool, and Major League. Hey, man. Let's the next time we pick our five, man. We'll see who whose movie makes it to the final, man. Let's go, baby. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. So yeah, we've uh, we've hammered this uh, into the ground. So uh, that's going to do it for us here at Big Super Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. If you'd like to contact us. You could do so by emailing us at bigstupidpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call the Big Stupid Hotline at 201-338-0098. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. So just look us up on YouTube, Big Stupid Podcast, and you can find us there. You can you could you can watch our uh, you can watch our episodes. Okay, um, and just give us a, you can subscribe and, and like. Okay, finally, you can follow us on our social media. We are on Instagram, we are on Facebook, we are on Twitter. All right, you can find us at Big Super Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And on Twitter, you can find us at Big Super Podcast. But once again, on, on Twitter, there is no, no I in stupid. stupid. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank Rob Nargi for joining us one more Thank time. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure. All right. Anytime. Um, Next time. And guys, it looks like you guys really enjoyed um really enjoyed doing the whole uh the whole uh tournament thing. So we think we might keep this going. So we're gonna we're gonna try it uh next next month. Okay, we're gonna do one more next month and um you know see where it goes from there. But uh, you guys seem to enjoy it. So we're gonna we're gonna do it at least one more time. Uh, tell your friends, tell your friends, tell your friends about us. All right, tell us what tell them what you heard here tonight and what you heard each and every week. We drop our um, we drop our episodes each and every Friday at eight a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, wherever fine podcasts are found. So until next week, John, you got anything else you want to say? Hey, have fun, everybody. Have fun. <laughs> You've been listening to the Big Stupid Podcast, presented in part by Anchor. Interested in becoming a podcaster like us? Anchor has everything you need to make a podcast all in one place for free. Check out anchor.fm today. Our theme music is licensed from BKFM Music Production through Audio Jungle. Visit audiojungle.com for all your royalty-free music and sound needs. Further promotional considerations provided by Powerbar. Guests of the Big Stupid Podcast receive no compensation for their time opinions or any half-baked theories if you think you can handle being part of the show visit our social media sites and message us or email john and kevin at bigstupidpodcast at gmail.com not good enough for you okay mr big boy pants you can call 201-338-0098 and leave us a message and maybe we'll play it back on our next episode participants waive all rights to anything resembling coherence and or common sense the big stupid podcast is a production of party boss productions unlimited no portion of this podcast will be repodcasted or otherwise transmitted in whole or part without the expressed written consent of Jen. It's on you to figure out which one. Good luck and have fun.